Well, have you ever been afraid of the dark? You don't have to raise your hand if you're afraid of the dark or if you grew up afraid of the dark. I know a few people who are afraid of the dark. Uh, hopefully it's uh, none of the adults in here. That's okay. We all have different feelings about the dark. But I can remember vividly one memory where I got woken up in the middle of the night, 2 a.m., in a men's, uh, a men's bunk on a mission field in Haiti where one grown man across the room at 2 a.m. woke us all up by saying a two-letter exclamation, oh, I'm sorry, a two-word exclamation, oh, crap. When you get woken up at 2 a.m. and you don't really know where you are, and it's your first night in a foreign land, and you're in the mountainous rural terrain of Haiti, and, and you're getting your bearings, and you hear, oh, crap, you immediately, in a men's bunk, every man comes to alarm, and we're thinking, what's going on? What, what's happening? Only to come to the immediate realization, nothing really is wrong. The, my brother was just dreaming. So once we settled him down, we said, what's going on? Clearly, you were dreaming something. What were you dreaming? And he's like, well, you remember how when we were going to sleep, we went to sleep to voodoo drums in worship just one town away. And, and, and have you noticed that the missionaries who, who are hosting us, they're in the top of a two-story house at the back of the compound. We are at the front of the compound. We are the closest to that area. And so in the middle of the night, I had this dream that everyone, when they were done their worship, they came down the road, circled our uh, uh, building, brought all the men out. We were in the pitch black. There's no electricity where we were. I took a, 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 a bucket bath earlier that night, and, and so there's no electricity. He said we were surrounded by all the people from that town. I had the only flashlight, and then all of a sudden I got a little bit scared, and I dropped it. And so not just in my dream, but audibly, he said in response to dropping it and the only light going out, oh, crap. <laughs> and so he woke us all up because light is safety to us. Light is reassurance to us. It's direction giving to us. It's comfort. It's peace. Light has a way of guiding us and revealing what is true. It expels what is not true. It expels the lies and it brings comfort to us. That's why so many at a young age just want to have a little bit of light at night so it reassures. But the problem is if you're a people living in year zero A.D., they're living in complete darkness. They're living in complete darkness. In society, they have Roman oppression. Their outlook on life, their society outlook is a little bit dark. They have Roman oppression. They have heavy taxation. They are surrounded by people who are robbers, thieves, zealots, and people like Barabbas are running the streets, and they exist all around. People are nervous. People are feeling vulnerable. People are scared, and it's a bleak outlook on life. So in order to have some um, light for their emotional darkness, the problem is there's also financial darkness. There's heavy taxation. There is a high polarity in the rich versus the poor, and there are not many rich. In fact, if you wanted physical light, light was a commodity back then. You, in order to have light, there is no electricity. I've been to Jerusalem before last year. It's a mountainous terrain. At dark, 
it, it, without electricity, it would be a scary place. It's mountainous. There's treacherous falls. If you step on the wrong rock and accidentally roll, you might be rolling and you won't probably recover from that role. It's a dangerous place to live. There are thieves and robbers all around. There is no light, and if you want to have light, you have to have enough money to afford oil, the most expensive commodity. Very few households at zero AD is looking at the landscape of society at night and having the comfort that comes from light. It is a very dark place. It is dangerous in the dark, and so fear is at a really high high. Anxiety is high. Stress is high. Women feel vulnerable. Men feel the weight of the world just trying to figure it all out and how to handle it, and that doesn't include the spiritual darkness. Spiritually, people who want to connect with God are feeling darker and darker and further from God on the inside of their souls. They know that according to Jewish law, you have to keep 613 commandments, not just 10. We have trouble reciting 10. There was a total of 613 Jewish commandments that you didn't just have to have memorized, but you had to obey. And by the way, breaking one was the equivalent of breaking every one of them. People felt defeated. People felt struggling. If I were to tell you today that your bearings of going to heaven and being right with God is dependent on if you can recite every element from the periodic table right now, how many of y'all feeling pretty good about your eternity and your connection with God? I only know three of those elements, H2 and O. Come on. I'm struggling with the other 115 elements. And by the way, if you're having trouble memorizing 118 elements, there's five times more than that to remember to be right with God. People are feeling defeated. People are feeling like their light in life has gone out. The only thing they're holding on to, there was a distant prophecy hundreds of years ago spoken by a prophet, Isaiah, who said this about the future. When all hope is lost, when they should resign to their fate of despair, they're holding on to a prophecy that said, nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. There will be a time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles will be filled with glory. The people who walk in darkness they will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. I need you to get out of 2023 for a minute to understand what God did when he sent Jesus Christ. In what could be argued one of the darkest times in, in politics, in government, in society, in, in, in socioeconomic class, in, in, in religious circles, Jesus showed up. Two distinguished baby bo uh, babies were born in 0 AD. Now, I need you to understand that a baby is not just a baby. It also represents a new hope, a new chance, a new life, a new start, potentially a new promise. 
With every single new baby, if you've been to parent of one, you've seen it too. A, a, a revitalization of purpose and a big hope for the future of what this could mean. The first of the babies was prophesied over. His name was John the Baptist, and he was prophesied over by his father, who had lost his speech until the day he was born. And when he got it back, this is what Zechariah said about his son, John the Baptist. He said, you, my little son. You're going to be called the prophet of the Most High. You will tell his people how to find salvation. You're going to tell his people how to find salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because of God's tender mercy. Listen to this. The morning light from heaven is about to break. It's upon us. If it feels dark right now, I'm telling you, this is the year of Jubilee because he's about to break on us to give us light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide us to the path of peace. That was the first baby prophesied about what the second baby, Jesus Christ, was going to mean to us. So if you can relate... If you have ever felt your emotional life getting a little bit dark, if you've seen your physical life, if you've seen the the outlook of the future life, if you've seen your financial life growing a little bit dark, where are the areas if your health prospects are growing dark? I need you to understand that in the midst of that, God breaks forth, sends the promise of salvation, and he shows up on the scene, and he says, I am the light of of the world. John 8:12 when Jesus speaks he says, "I am who they say I am. I am the light of the world. I'm here to light up your world." Now check out these next four words. If you follow me, if you follow me, you won't have to walk around in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. If you follow me means you and I have a choice. It's contingent. The promise is available for every single one of us, but God won't violate your right to choose. You have the right to choose. And if you do, you won't have to wander around in your future. You won't have to wander around in the emotional outlook. You won't have to wander around in a difficult, tumultuous year, wondering if the darkness is going to overtake the light. If you choose me, I will bring light into your life. It will be a promise for you. Now, it's conditional. So it would be the same if I told you I'm going to Starbucks after this. If you come with me, I'll buy you a drink. In other words, if you take me up on my promise, there's a gift in it for you. If you choose not to, all bets are off. The promise is gone. There's nothing there for you. So in the same way, God has extended a choice for us. You want the light? I make it readily available. I'm here and I make it open. And so what does this light of the world mean for us today? It means a few things. Number one, it means hope is here. When despair tries to overcrowd you, when it feels like it's been a a, a year from hell and I'm ready for it to be behind me, when it's been so very difficult, I need you to understand that this light means hope is always here. It reminds me of a story I once heard about an amateur young pilot 
who was flying planes for the first time. And he, his home airport was in a small rural county airport that did not have lights on its runway. So he, being a young pilot, thought he had enough time to get home. But he, by the time he was making his way back home, he forgot that the mountainous terrain caused the sun to die down uh, quicker than expected. And when he got to the area, he could no longer see the runway. It was covered in darkness. Trying to descend, he could not get a, a, a clarity or a grip on where he was supposed to land. And so he pulled back up and he circled around just hoping something would happen for him. Two hours he flew in circles over this airport hoping something would change but knowing surely I'm about to die. As soon as I run out of gas, there is no hope because I cannot land this plane. A nearby neighbor heard the droning sound of, a, uh, uh, of the air, airline up in the air, and he realized what was going on, hopped into his car, drove to the, to the uh, um, tarmac, and he drove back and forth a number of times, signaling to the pilot, this is the extent of the runway. Then, parked his car at the far end of the runway, shone his lights on high beam back to the whole runway, and the airliner, the, the young pilot, was able to land his plane because because he had light. This showing up of light means hope is here. You never have to circle the plane of your life wondering how this is all going to end or if I'm even going to be able to guide my plane to ground safely. Come on, you can know. With hope, God is here and he will help you land the plane of your life correctly. Matthew 4, 16 says, For those who have lived in the land where death casts its shadow, a light has shined. You know, I'm reading a book right now, and the CEO of Gallup Research, they do extensive research right now. The CEO, his name is uh, John Clifton, said this recently. One of the most concerning trends of all of our research is we, we've ever seen in the history of reporting is that stress, sadness, physical pain, anger, and worry have now reached a record high. In all of their research, I don't have to tell many of you that. You can already feel it. You can already sense it. There's an ominous cloud that tries to overtake us and take stress high, take worry high, take anxiety high, and make the future look bleak. And what I'm trying to say is what the world says will work isn't working. But there is an ancient way. There is a path that broke into the darkest time in all of history and said, behold, I am the light of the world. And you do not have to wander around in bleakness. You do not have to wander around in darkness. For I am bringing you light. And if any of y'all have experienced that, let's just take a praise break to thank God for what he has done. What this world tells you to look to for hope and optimism isn't working. All the research points to that. Jesus is the only light that breaks through the night. He's the hope of the world. And so all the trends that say this is how you find happiness, this is how you find peace, this is how you find excitement, this is how you find fulfillment, I would, I would question if it lines up with this because this is undefeated and that is not. In fact, poll after poll is showing it's not working and we must return to putting our hope 
in the light of the world. The second thing it means is that your mistakes are paid for. Any dark spot of your soul that you might try to hide and know that it is a place that I'm trying to cover, I'm ashamed, I'm embarrassed, I tried to cover it up and I don't want to tell a single soul about it because I can't believe it ever happened. Every dark spot of the soul has now got a solution. It's the light of the world. And I want to tell you something, the light is not ever scared of the dark. John 1 verse 5 says, the light shines in the darkness, and come on, I get excited about this last part, and the darkness can never extinguish it. I need to help you understand something today, that dark doesn't have power over light. Light has ultimate power over dark. It tells dark what to do. It tells dark how to respond. It tells every dark thing what is true and what is no longer true. And Satan loves to creep around in the dark and hide in shifting shadows. But I'm here to tell you today that it has no hope for the light has extinguished the darkness. And in your life, any mistakes you have made can be eradicated by the light of the world today, exposing everything as put in order, healed up, and whole. Whatever hovers ominously over your soul, the light of the world comes to brighten in you. Second Corinthians 4 verse 6 says this, the God who said, out of darkness the light shall shine, is the same God who made the light shine in our hearts. Someone say, our hearts. To bring us the knowledge of God's glory shining in the face of Christ. Why would the light of the world come? Because he wanted you to know the face of God. He wanted you to know the love of God. He wanted you to know the character of God. He wanted you to know the peace of God. He wanted you to know the desire to have a relationship with you and make you part of the family of God. The light of the world came to be a light in us. And today, this baby's birth, we celebrate is no ordinary baby. So I hope you enjoy the packages. I hope you enjoy the gifts. I hope you enjoy time with family and friends. I hope even if it's a season that's been difficult and you've lost loved ones, I hope that you find the light of the world in the midst of what tries to be a dark season. For those of you who just cannot wait for tomorrow, I hope you enjoy every last bit. I hope you eat too much and repent of it later. Come on, no. All carbs are canceled tomorrow in Jesus' name. Okay, anyway. But he's not just a baby boy, and this is not just a holiday to have some time off of work. He is the light of the world who came to extinguish your darkness and reveal God to you inside of you so that your whole soul knows my God's in love with me. My God's not angry with me. My God is for me. He desires a relationship with me. He's got the best in mind for me. And my future is secure, most secure with him. And so with every head bowed, every eye closed, would you just examine your heart right now? And as I ask a question, the only question that matters doesn't matter that the person next to you sees and it doesn't matter if I see but it matters to God when he asks are you right with him do you have anything between you and the light of the world 
Sin has a way of trying to separate you from God. It, it distances you from God. It creates a gulf between you and God. It, 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 a valley, an abyss, it runs eternal. Yet Jesus laid down his life with a cross that he hung on so that we can pass from an impossible gulf to now through Jesus Christ and what he's done, you can be right with him. If you're in this place without looking around, every head still bowed, every eyes closed, you're just examining your own life. I'm not gonna call you forward. I'm not gonna embarrass you, but this, the best gift you could possibly give the God who created you is to restore your life with him by repenting of your sins and saying, I'm going all in with God as my Lord. If that's you today, without hesitating, would you just throw your hands in the air real quick and then you can put it back down. I'm seeing hands go up everywhere. Don't hesitate. If that's you, it's not too late. Other people have already joined you. Go ahead and throw your hand and I see you. Thank you. Thank you. Hands all over the place. You can put them down. I'm gonna ask the whole church to repeat a prayer along with you out loud as we confess our sins. Would you just say, Jesus, I give you my life. I know I've made a lot of mistakes. I've sinned and fallen short of your standard. And I ask you to forgive me. Because Jesus hung on that cross and died for my sins, I can be set free and start all over again today. Thank you for a fresh start. You hold my sins against me no longer. And I want to walk this new life out with you as Lord of it all. In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone said amen and amen. Can we celebrate right now all the decisions of people joining the family of God?